0: Hello, everybody, and welcome home to me again, uh, to my home office. And um, this is the second edition of uh, the Leadership Podcast. And to pick up a little where we were last time, uh, I said I wanted to start this podcast uh, with the message that I spoke about to keep the eyes on the harvest, that there are so many things that we as leaders need—we need to think about and and uh, care about and develop in the church in our ministry. But as I said there is a fundamental drive that we see in the life of Christ that is so important that this is driving my life also, and that's the love for the world and. Um, the love for the people who don't know God and the desire to to bring salvation to people around us. This is why Christ came. He came to seek and to save that was lost. He came not only for me, he came for every man in this world. And we need, as the Church of Christ, we need to have this love and this compassion that Jesus had to reach people and to bring them from death to life and, and never lose that. Whatever other things we are doing that we must never lose. The calling to be the light of the world, to be the fishers of men, to be the ambassadors of God in this world. So, and I want to continue today and say some words about a word that. Uh, that really has fascinated me. And that's the word harvest. This is a word that the Bible is using. Uh, 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 Christ used it also. And harvest, of course, comes from agriculture. I lived on the farm for many, many years. And I know what harvest is. Uh, It's a very special time of year. It's a time of a lot of work, but it's also a time of a lot of joy. Is when you see the results of uh, the labor. And uh, this is also what brings in the provision for for the future. And uh, Jesus could have picked a lot of other experiences when he spoke about people, when he spoke about uh, the, the world. But he, he picked the word harvest and of course when he did that he he meant something with this. Like for example here in Matthew chapter 9. A very, very well-known passage from the Bible Speaks about how Jesus was traveling, speaking, preaching and healing people Uh, And it says in verse 36 But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd Then he said to his disciples The harvest truly is plentiful But the laborers are, are few Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest To send out laborers into the harvest Three times here he uses the word harvest. Why does he do that? What, what does he mean when he uses the, the word? And um, let, let's think a little about it. Okay, if you use that word, Jesus, I as a leader, what can I pick up from your heart? Uh, why do you speak about the world as a harvest? So let me just mention a couple of things to you that I believe can inspire you also to be the kind of leader that um, Christ has called you to be. And, um, and f- first of all, If uh, Jesus looks on the on this world as a harvest, I need to do that also. Uh, When Jesus a harvest means that there is something that needs to be gathered, there is something that needs that that is ready. Uh, There is something that needs to be brought in. And uh, this is how Jesus looks upon looks upon the world. And that's the way that I must look upon the world also. What's this world about? All these nations, all these people living here. The world, more than anything, it is a harvest field. And we are here to reap that harvest for eternity. This world, as you see it today, will not last. It is here for a time, and then it will vanish forever. But right now, the most important question, more than any other political question, more than any other moral question, more than anything we can think about, the most important question is what about eternity? That's how Jesus looked upon this world. And if you look with me in Matthew chapter 16 uh, and in verse, uh, verse 26 here, uh, we have another well-known uh, statement by, uh, by Christ. Uh, he says, uh, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And this has for me me being a cornerstone in the way I think as a pastor. Okay, Jesus takes the whole world with everything, all the sport events, all the riches, everything you can think about and he takes the soul of one man and he says what is most important. The soul of that man. And that perspective, even though you you, you can say, yeah, I know it is true, but that perspective needs to grasp our hearts. Yeah, that's how important this is. And that perspective must, must be a part of the way how we think about being a leader in the church. Because like a, whatever a man attains in life, if he succeeds at work, if he is healthy, never seriously sick and lives a long, long life, if he has a happy marriage, good children, but loses his own soul, he has gained nothing according to Christ and uh, that understanding of the world makes the world first of all the harvest field more than a place where people can blossom people can be happy people can succeed more than anything the world is first of all it's a harvest field that needs to be gathered. And uh, this is how the church must think about the, the place we live and the, and the people around us. Uh, there is a, Jesus told a story or, or a parable in Luke chapter 12 that, uh, that is really, really challenging. To me, this is most, one of the most challenging places in the New Testament in all the, what Jesus taught and, and learned. And he told about this uh, rich man. That really succeeded. He was a success in this world. His neighbors, his relatives, and the local newspaper would praise this man. Uh, His business or his farming did really, really good. And uh, he, he say, Jesus uh, quotes this man in verse 19, saying, "And uh, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid out for many years. Take your eats, eat, drink." And be merry. and so f- so, so far, in the eyes of the world, this is a success story. Wow, he He did good. He succeeded with his company. He succeeded with his career. and now he has stored up a lot of things. he can he can enjoy being a pensionary, he can care for his children, he can pay for his grandchildren' education. It's a good story in the eyes of the world. But this is the thing for you and me who are pastors. And leaders. But it's not a success story in the eyes of God. Jesus continues. But God said to him, Fool. Jesus turns everything around and he says, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. um, required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have um, provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. And um, this story just puts the world in the right perspective. doesn't mean, of course, of course, it's good to have a good career, have a good life, to be healthy, to provide for, for, for your children. But there is but as Christians, all this, all, all these things without God, they become meaningless. Life is not about, like this man said, having many goods. or use the expression take your ease, take vacation, enjoy, kind of... Enjoy life. Go places. Life is not about that. Or um, uh, as he also said, eat, drink and be merry. Gather your friends. Enjoy a good evening. Go to bed feeling happy. Life is not about that. Life is about God and eternity. All these things, they have their their saying. They have their play place also, of course. But Jesus puts all these things in a a frame. And uh, so when God looks on our earth, What is the earth to God? It's a harvest field. And that's what it needs to be to you and me also, who are leaders in the church. More than anything, and first of all, we need to understand every person around us, he needs Christ because he is on the way to eternity. That's one of the reasons I believe Jesus used the word harvest. Uh, Another reason um, that that if you go back to this uh, saying is that uh, he says that in verse nine that Jesus was, uh, he was moved with compassion um, when, when he said that. and uh, compassion and the harvest belong together. Rational arguments and, and logics will never move the church. We need something divine to be the church that God uh, wants us to be. We need something that only He can give, and that is the compassion of God for the harvest, and for the sinners. And uh, this this makes us dependent upon the Lord. Because even if I say to you what I just said now, and you mentally understand, yeah, I'm a soul. I know it is like this, I know the world is a harvest field. That is never enough. Your heart must burn. You and I must feel what Jesus felt. When he, when he looked around and said, The harvest is plentiful. And uh, this compassion is a work of the Holy Spirit inside our, our heart. This is something that only God can give us. And this is something we need to long for. We need to pray for. First of all, to me, as a senior pastor and to the other pastors and leaders in our church and then for every church member, God, give this give this to us because just to logically understand this thing is not, is not enough. We must feel what you feel. When we look upon the life of Jesus, we see this uh, thing coming back again and again. He saw someone and he was filled with compassion. He, he met a person and something just or rose upon him oh I, I want to help you I, I want to be saved I, I want to be healed and and this moved Christ and we need this in our church we need this in our life if not we've just become kind of you know scholars or or you know people with some kind of wisdom but never with the, with the strength and passion that is needed to change the world and when Jesus told stories, in several of the stories he told, his aim was also this compassion. When the story of the good Samaritan, who was he? Well, he was maybe some kind of a businessman and was special about him. Well, nothing until he sees this man. And suddenly when Jesus tells him the story in Luke 10, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion for him. Oh, something rose up against him and said, I want to stop. I want to talk to this man. I want to help this man. The compassion. You know, made him do what he did. And the same in the story of the, para- of the, of the prodigal son, when he came home with all these questions. Oh, what would my father say about me? When the father saw the son, compassion filled him. He ran to him, he fell on his neck, Jesus said, and he kissed him. And this is a quality. That we need. Jesus told the story in Matthew 18 about the servant. He owned the king 10,000 talents and he couldn't pay. it. And he was on the knees before the king and said, be patient with me. And the king looked at this man that um, actually he owned him all this money. And Jesus said, and compassion filled him and he forgave him. We need this and we need to pray for this. You need to pray for this. I, I need to pray for this. We, we need to bring this up in the church. We need to say, God, we can't do this without without you. There is a harvest field, but it's not enough to know about it. We need the Holy Spirit and we need you to warm our hearts so that uh, in situations when we meet people or when we when we pray or when we move around in life, that we can have this, this ability, this quality also, that something can just raise up inside of us. God, God's love, God's compassion for the very person that is inside of me. This is what can also move me to really minister to him also. And, um, and uh, time for one more, th- one more thing also uh, regarding what Jesus said about the harvest. Uh, he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. And I, as a pastor, I thought, why did he say that? Uh, why did he say that the harvest is plentiful? Well, he could have said that there is a harvest there. Uh, and, uh, well, he said that because the disciples probably thought too small. They had some kind of uh, thinking about what Jesus could do, what he wanted to do. And Jesus just needed to increase their faith. And he said, guys. There is more than what you think. You maybe think that you are a group now or 12 or 70 or 100 or how many were following Jesus. Of course, we don't know the exact number. They were coming and leaving all the time. And, uh, and there's this more than that. Yeah, maybe there's a move in Israel. Now maybe Israel... You know, many people will, will believe or maybe they even thought, well, maybe all of Israel will believe. But you said, no, it's more than that. Guys, it's the whole world. The harvest is plentiful. And among us also, even though maybe maybe what the group you lead is a very small group, you can still have the heart of Christ. You can still embrace the world and believe yeah, the harvest is not small, the harvest is plentiful. And I I, I believe we need to be like this, even though we understand where we are, even though we understand the steps that we need to take now, you know, so we can be rational in what we are, what we are doing and we cannot uh, overstep or or kind of do things that that we're not ready to do today. We still need to have this heart for the world that that Jesus had and still really believe also that that uh, And it is important for us as leaders to have this inside of us. No matter if you walk, what is a big church? What is a small church? It all depends with whom we compare. But we have this great picture of the world and the harvest inside of us. Because people need to to see faith when they look upon you Pe- people need to need, need to believe and feel wow this is going to end good because it's going to end good god will have the final word uh, that the final word and even in in the uh, circumstances where where we maybe are under attack where we feel that things are not moving in the way in the way we uh, we believe we still must be this kind of leaders that carry inside of us god is going to do something wonderful in our generation in our land and I'm a leader here to make way for that. Um, I live and work in Moscow and um, uh, our church, uh, well, we have, you know, some some thousand people in uh, in our church and maybe someone said, oh, this is a big church. Maybe someone says, oh, this is a, a small, small church. And um, you actually, we don't need, need to think either that or that. We just need to believe that there is truly a big harvest in Moscow and the surrounding there are 17 million people living someone needs to believe here someone needs to believe for them somebody needs to believe that that we can keep on growing that we can keep on reaching more people doesn't mean that I say to the church tomorrow, oh, we're going to be one million people at the end of the year. Things like this can be very, very stupid. It just creates the, the distance between you and the church and people lose lose faith and, and re- respect for you. You don't need to make claims that, like that. But you can always say there is a plentiful harvest. You can always look at the crowds the way that Jesus... Uh, that Jesus did and not say, oh, there is a little harvest. I don't know how this is going to be, but you can look with the eyes of faith and let that faith also flow from you to the people that are listening to you, the people whom you lead right now. And then God will move around us and he can do the incredible thing because you and I as leaders, we have this infinity, this endless thing inside of us that God is, that God is endless. He can do what we believe, but he can do more than what we believe also. Let me let me end by telling you telling you a story that it's kind of a fascinating just historical fact from the days of, of Columbus and in Spain they had this coin that they that they printed and there had this uh, uh, and it was a coin of, of Gibraltar this uh, uh, place between Africa and uh, and Europe. Uh, this strait where, where ships could pass. And because this was the last thing that they knew of the world. And there was a picture of, of Gibraltar and it was written ne plus ultra in um, Latin. And that means nothing beyond. Uh, when you pass through G- Gibraltar, there is nothing to see. There is just the ocean and there is nothing more. And they had this coin. And then one day Columbus discovered America. <laughs> and and came back and said, there is something beyond, <laughs> there, there is something more. And then when they looked at these coins, they thought, well, <laughs> well we have to change, changed these coins. And they did that. And instead of this te- text, ne plus ultra, which means nothing beyond, they uh, put the text plus ultra, which means there is something beyond. And uh, that's actually became a really cute story and a wonderful illustration Of you and I as a pastor, whatever you can think of, God can do that and He can do more. Whatever we can believe for, God can do that and He can do more. God is endless and He he created us to work together with Him. And how many many people can be saved in Moscow? Well, we have our our goals that we set in front of us, but at the same time, I serve Him who is infinitive in power, infinitive in love, infinitive in glory, and He can do anything and uh, that is what inspires me as leaders and that also when I stand in front of, of people. They all need to lift their eyes. They all need faith. They all need to believe that God can do wonderful things through them also. And let us be leaders, leaders who really are leaders of the harvest. Leaders who see the world the way that Jesus sees the world. For him, the world is just more than a playground, a place of human success. The world is a harvest field. And let, and let, let, let us be leaders also that, that really longs for to have the compassion that Jesus had for the far harvest and also Leaders that don't think too small, that we are ready to expand. We are ready to take new steps. We are ready to move further because uh, plus ultra, there is something beyond. There is something more for you, for the church you lead, because God wants every man to be saved. You're on the right, right track when you believe for a great harvest. So that's what I want to share with you. If you want, you can put likes on what we do. And if you haven't signed up on our podcast, you can do that also. So God bless you and everything you do for the Lord. See you next time.